Greetings, seekers of beauty's mysteries. <laughs> Dive into the profound with Hear What I'm Saying, the podcast exploring the depths of the beauty industry. I'm Kenitra, your guide through the realms of hair artistry. Today, ponder this. What if the price and structure in the beauty world conceals a narrative more intricate than the surface suggests? Join me as we peel back layers of misconception, confront the challenges endured by beauty professionals, and explore the stories that weave the fabric of our industry. This is Hair What I'm Saying, where every strand holds a tale, and today's episode beckons you to unravel the mysteries concealed within. A common misunderstanding clients have when it comes to how we create our pricing structure is this perception of thinking we create our pricing structure according to the service only. By all means, it's not their fault for perceiving it this way due to the fact that most of us, including myself in the past, used to assume that's how we should create our prices, whether that was according to the local competition or just based on what we thought it should be. You later learn you cannot afford to do this and balance a quality of life. You also cannot afford it, especially without a second job or a supportive partner. What I would like all beauty professionals and clients to understand is that you should be creating your pricing structure according to your livelihood and business expenses. You see the TikToks of consumers stating, I'm not paying for your lifestyle, but your boss is paying for your lifestyle, correct? Because who enters a job position with a salary that cannot support their family? It's no different from an employee finding a job with a salary that covers their livelihood. Employees don't have to worry about paying to show up at their place of employment, but we do. We literally have to fund and pay everything to be in our profession, which is so cliche when you really think about it. And it's very expensive. When I was leasing at Sola Salons, my rent was $360 per week. That's just the rent. I haven't included equipment, products, tools, back-end fees for running my website, QuickBooks, contracts, licenses, specific apps for content on social media, and then bills at home. <laughs> this is why so many beautiful professionals in the past retired broke or had to get another job after they could no longer afford to be behind the chair. We also have to take into consideration that it wasn't nearly as expensive as it is today to run a business. I mean, gloves over COVID, the time period of COVID went up by like $10. Gloves today are like $18. When I tell you I'm so happy, I don't provide a lot of chemical services. We're talking about gloves. I don't think I need to dive into the depths of anything else we're talking about gloves <laughs> what i would like for everyone that's involved or invested in the beauty industry to understand is how entrepreneurship works it doesn't work like you as an employee at a company employees jobs come with benefits we have to pay for our benefits we have to pay to be at our place of work Employees are paid to be at their place of work. Employees are offered overtime pay when working outside of their availability. 
We charge an extra fee, such as a squeezing fee, when asked to work outside of our available hours. I think you get my drift. <laughs> Beauty professionals back then would work from morning to late at night, rotating clients like musical chairs, just to make ends meet, only to not make ends meet. We today understand that's not a quality way of living, and we are working towards creating a healthy work-life balance. We are trying to retire from one career, just like our customers. Family and friends lack boundaries as well as instructing you on how to manage your business once it's started or discourage you from being in the industry because it's not respected as a career. And to be quite honest, clients don't respect this as an actual career, which is why we catch so much backlash on how we structure our business. Google doesn't. Literally no one does. If you look up side hustles to help you make extra money, there will be a beauty service mention making our careers further from the respect it deserves. My nail tech Jasmine. Make sure y'all follow her on IG at a brown girl with a nail brush. Commented under a post I created related to this topic and stated she quit her job in banking to pursue a full-time career as a nail tech and she didn't receive or get the support she thought she would from her family members. They asked if she was going to get a second job. See what our four founders have created? That stigma. So, you know, it's not no one's fault really but just a misunderstanding of how this really supposed to work in a structured way. I know my grandmother definitely told me I should reconsider pursuing a different career. When I mentioned to her, I wanted to be a hairstylist. I can't help but feel since beauty professionals in the past set the wrong tone for themselves and consumers, we are catching the backlash of our four founders. However, beauty professionals who lack customer service and tech add to this problem as well. It's very difficult to ask for respect for you and your business if you are not giving it as well to the client. I've had my own personal experience of terrible customer service from professionals in the industry, and it's disgusting and even more embarrassing now that I am a professional. We all have to be accountable and be responsible for our parts. Another misunderstanding I would like to address is that we are not the help. And we also need to get rid of the idea that we are service providers. We are artists. But society has created this toxic, people-pleasing environment. And since we are labeled as service providers, we got sucked into this the customer's always right situation or better yet agenda, making it difficult to set boundaries and advocate for ourselves during ill treatment from customers. Even in the wedding industry, makeup artists and hairstylists receive the low dangling fruit amongst the vendors, but yet the demand for our services seem to be just as important as the other vendors. I do truly believe we are all born with a gift. Some, not all of us, have an opportunity to discover what that is. And for us to share these gifts with you all, definitely deserve a little more respect above the help. 
I have to agree with my girl Minnie as well by stating the influx of social media content created by customers and their unfortunate experiences have stirred this war amongst beauty professionals and clients. It became a domino effect and now there's this online community of customers sharing similar experiences causing their stories to go viral. It really sucks to be the artist who has nothing in common with these professionals because as mentioned, it's embarrassing. Everyone has a platform to speak now. I don't have an issue with anyone sharing their unfortunate experiences, but we also need that same energy reciprocated for the positive experiences as well. Even if you are on the platform and don't like to show your face, you can type a post and tag the beautiful professional you had a great experience with. We as professionals also have unfortunate experiences with clients. We just don't have the time capacity mentally because man when I tell you when these clients are upset about us not being able to deliver or not being able to accommodate to an outrageous request it takes a toll on us I cannot tell you especially for the ones who genuinely care and also flexibility without it coming off as unprofessional to do so Because that's where we also get stuck. It's like, okay, how do I deliver this in a tone where it's not deemed as unprofessional when I'm just genuinely expressing my experience as well? But we have to be held to this certain standard because of what society created. How dare you self-advocate for yourself when the customer is always right? In conclusion, the misconceptions surrounding the price and structure of beauty professionals stem from a historical context where professionals struggle to balance their livelihood with the cost of running their businesses. The prevailing belief that pricing should be solely based on the service provided neglects the intricate financial realities faced by beauty professionals. It is imperative for both beauty professionals and clients to understand that price and structures must account for livelihood, business expenses, and the unique challenges faced by those in the beauty industry. The comparison between traditional employees and beauty professionals highlights the disparities in benefits, support, and overtime compensation. While employees receive benefits and compensation for working outside regular hours, beauty professionals often have to charge extra fees to cover this additional work. The historical struggles of beauty professionals working tirelessly without a healthy work-life balance underscore the need for a shift in how the industry is perceived and supported. Family and societal attitudes towards beauty professions further compound these challenges. I mean, literally, you have, you can bring up, you know, a business perspective or shift that you need in your business to your mom, dad, or a supportive family member. And they will find a way to tell you to adjust it to accommodate for the client. Not understanding, I cannot appeal to every client's wants and needs out here. The only thing I can do is create a business structure that I know works for me and that should also work for the ideal client that I am trying to create. It is impossible for us to try to appeal to each 
individual's unique needs and wants. It's impossible. And I want us to stop trying to do that. We have to be so confident in our decision making when it comes to the structure of our business and what's best for us so that we can show up for our clients and not allow these voices, you know, because these are people we really care about their opinions and they can sometimes influence us to make the wrong decisions for our businesses. I know for me, like I'm the first entrepreneur in my family, so it's really nothing they can tell me. Now, I'm not saying I don't value their input, but when it comes to running my business, uh, -uh. I will listen from a consumer standpoint of implementing value into my services, but not when it comes to how I structure my business. You have some parents, you know, which is really, you know, odd to me. Like, say, for instance, you are going up on your prices, right? And you're discussing this with your parent or whoever. They will try to discourage you just because it's a price that they are uncomfortable with paying. And it's like, you should be so supportive and proud of your child literally knowing their worth. It's like, no, I'm going up on my prices because I'm offering more. Or I'm going up on my prices because who's going to give me a raise if I'm not giving myself a raise? Don't you get a raise every year? Then why are you expecting me to not go up on my prices? And sometimes y'all get a raise and y'all aren't doing more work. It's just your yearly raise. But we have to... Add more value every time we go up in our price. Beauty professionals must prioritize customer service and tech to demand respect for themselves and their businesses. Clients in turn should acknowledge the artistic nature of this profession. Moving away from the customer's always right mentality and fostering a more collaborative and respective relationship. That's for both parties. This is a collaborative relationship at the end of the day. Addressing the misconceptions and challenges requires a collective effort. It involves debunking stereotypes, promoting positive experiences on social media, and fostering a mutual understanding between beauty professionals and clients. By embracing a more holistic approach to pricing structures and acknowledging the artistic value of beauty professions, both professionals and clients can contribute to a more respectful and supportive industry. As we bring this journey through the intricacies of the beauty industry to a close, we hope today's exploration has sparked new perspectives and contemplations if you found our discussion compelling, don't forget to subscribe, share, and connect with us on social media at underscore hair what I'm saying underscore. Your thoughts and insights are the threads that weave the fabrics of our future episodes. Remember, the beauty industry is a tapestry of stories, and each stylist, barber, and beauty professional has a unique thread to its rich narrative. Until we unravel more tables in our next episode, this is Kenitra bidding you farewell. 
keep those conversations flowing and may your strands be ever resilient <laughs> until next time take care and continue to explore the intriguing world of heroin